Okay, all right, so let's learn a little bit. Hope everyone's having a good day. Take that as a yes. All right, um, so, so let's learn a little bit. So we're holding by, uh, towards the end, really, getting close to the end of the Masechta, Try to finish it before uh, before Yantif. Anyway, so we're up to the end, towards the end of uh, Parag Zion, I believe. Right, so we're up to Parag Zion. Parag Zion, I think Mishnah Beis. Mishnah Beis. So this parak again, we, we started with last time. This parak is talking about halachas of benching and zimun in particular. So again, the first Mishnah we talked about, Mishnah gave us sort of a principle, which is that the type of food that it should be eaten in order to allow zimun is a food that can be shared. It has to be a co- something that's kosher, something that all the people in the meal are able to uh, to participate. Because again, that's the idea that you need a tziruf, you need you need a yichud, you need to bring the the three at least the three people together, and then they can be considered to be like sort of one unit, and they'll bench together with a zimun. So Mishnah Beis continues with that. So says the Mishnah, Mishnah Beis, Nashim ba'avadim muktanim, ein mezamnim aleihem that if let's say you have a group of let's say one man or two men or whatever it is and they need a third or they need a couple more people for a zimun so let's say there's women that also ate in the meal or there's an evid uh, an evid an uh, kanani someone that's obligating the mitzvah like a woman or a cotton or someone under bar mitzvah so they're not counted as a zimun they're not counting as a zimun Gita- uh, for example a cotton is not going to be counted because he's not high of a mitzvah so he can't you know, you can't, you can't consider them on the same playing field as the, uh, as the adult men. And Nevid also, Nevid is also not chayev, just he has the same halachas as a woman. Why would women not be, uh, why would women not be able to be part of his human? So the answer is, it's not a, it's a lack of tzniyas, it's lack of tzniyas. So again, women are obligated to invention, but it's lack of tzniyas to use them to make a zimun. That's the halachas. So nashim, women can't be, Part of a zimun because it's a lack of tzinis, avadim because they have the same halachic status as women, and ketanim because they're not uh, they're not chayiv in mitzvahs yet, they're not chayiv in benshin. Same as amnalim, you can use them to make a zimun. Ad kamimizamnim. Then says the Mishnah, okay, fine. Let's say you have the right amount of people and they're eating the right type of food, but how much food does one have to eat in order to be chayiv in benching and emela have a zimun? So again, even though the mission is talking about zimun, but it sort of uses this as an opportunity to talk about benching. How much food do you have to eat in order to have to bench and then have a zimun if you have the appropriate amount of people? So says the Mishnah, so a kezayis, that's the first opinion, that a kezayis amount of bread, that would be enough to obligate benching. Rabbi says, no, it has to be a little bit more, the size of an egg, not the size of an olive, the size of an egg. Now, by the way, this is all, but Pashtas, this is all Midarbanan, because Midaraisa, it says in Pasuk, how much you have to eat? V'yachalta, v'savato, v'yachta. You eat and you're full, then you have to bench. So Midaraisa, it's whatever makes you full. You know, even if it's more than a beitza, you would have to eat enough to be full. Midarbanan, we say, no, kezayis or a beitza would be the uh, amount to bench on. Okay. Now the Mishnah goes on. Ketz mazam, fine, so you have the right amount of food, you have the right type of food, you have the right Types of people, and also with the numbers. How many people could come together to make a zimun? So it says the Mishnah Ketz Mazam, then how do you do zimun? So so it's like this. If you have three people, which is the obviously the, 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 the most basic, you know, the, the bottom line amount, the, the most minimum shear of people to do a zimun. So Aimer, so you have one person that's the, you know, he's going to lead the benching. 
And he says to the other two, this is how the Zimun begins, Nevarich, right? So, I mean, we say, you know, Rabbi Sein Velvenshin or Rabbi Sein Nevarich, it's sort of, that's a statement that the Mazamin says in order to unify the Chavra. So when you have three people all together, so he has to sort of include himself in who he's talking to, because otherwise he's just talking to, he's just he's sort of separating himself from the two people. And Zimun means, means three people to be together. So if you have three people, whatever he says has to be a unifying statement. So he says, Nevarech, let us bench together. The Shleishavuhu, Nevarech Shachal Mishalai, right? The Shleishavuhu, if there's three people besides him, so then, then Oimer Barhu Shachal Mishalai, then he's able to speak to those three people without necessarily including himself, and there's still three people that he's speaking to, right? So you, in other words, the, the, he has to address that. Three people have to be addressed together. If all there are three, then he has to put himself in that statement of Navarich. If there's a, if there's four people at least, then he can sort of address three people without putting himself in that statement. So he can say Baruchu Shachal Mishloi instead of Navarich together. He can say Baruchu. Fine. So that's the the breakdown. Basara. Let's say you have ten people. So then Oimer Navarich Lo Then instead of just saying Navarich Shachal Mishloi, then that's our minute. We say Navarich Lo Lokeinu Shachal Mishloi. But again, if there's only 10 with, with him, then he has to include himself in order to be able to say Elokeinu. So he has to say Nevarich, let us Nevarich Elokeinu. Ba'asar v'hu, but if there's 11 people, right? So he can address the 10 people by themselves without forcing himself in there, and he can still say Elokeinu. So ba'asar v'hu, if there's 10 people plus him, besides him, Aymer Baruchu Elokeinu. Then he can say Baruchu Elokeinu Shechal Mishalai, and he's speaking to them in particular, but he's still able to say Elokeinu by just speaking to them because they themselves are 10 people, even without him. Now the Mishnah goes on, Now once you hit a plateau of 10, and now you're able to say Elokeinu, so the, the first opinion of the Mishnah right now is that once you hit that number, then it doesn't make a difference if now you have 10,000 people dimension together. There's no change in language once you hit above 10. Once you get above 10. We're going to see, the Mishnah is going to explain a little bit later on, this is the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. And the logic is, we'll see soon, Rabbi Akiva says, well, look at by davening, right? By davening also, we have sort of a, uh, you know, a, 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 a line to cross, which is like a minion, right? Once you get a minion, then you can say Kaddish and Baruch Kedush and all these things. But we don't find any difference in language, whether it's just a minion or 10,000 people davening together. Like once you hit that plateau, once you get over that threshold of a minion, then uh, it's all the same. So says Rabbi Kiva, and that's the opinion of this Mishnah right now, is that the same thing it is with, with Zimun. Once you get to that plateau of, of 10, then it's all the same, whether it's a 10 or 10,000. Now, without, you know, it's interesting, without the Mishnah explaining itself, the Mishnah now records a different opinion, the opinion, as we'll see, of Rabbi Yaseh that disagrees with Rabbi Kiva and says, no, that, when, that even though by davening it's true, once you hit a minion, it's all the same, 10, 10,000. Zeman is not like that. There are other, you know, sort of uh, markers. That 10, you get to say Elokeinu, but uh, when you get to higher numbers, then there's the Nusach changes as well. And this is, this is again, not how we paskin, but this is the sheet of Rabbi Yaseh So the Mishnah then continues again. It doesn't make a point of saying that this is a, a different sheet, but it is. It says the Mishnah, so again, the first opinion was Rabbi Akiva, that Echra Sara, Echra Sari, but 10, 10,000, it's all the same. The most you're going to say is Nevarach uh, Lelokeinu. 
But now the Mishnah records up, oh, but there's Rabbi Yisrael that holds not like that. And Rabbi Yisrael says, no, 10 will get you to say Elokeinu. The Meya, but if you had 100 people benching together, then you say, Nevarich Lashem Elokeinu. Or Bimeya Vahu, again, this is the breakdown. If it's 100 besides him, Aymer Barchu, then he can say Barchu Lashem Elokeinu. Again, the same basic idea that, you know, if whatever number benchmark we're talking about, if it's with him, then it has to be started with the word Nevarich. Right. If it's besides him, then he can address them with the word Baruch The point is, ten you could say Lakeinu, a hundred you could say Hashem Lakeinu. The Elif Oimer, if it's a thousand, then you can say Nevarich Hashem Lakeinu Elokei Yisrael. The Elif Ahu again, if it's a thousand besides him, Oimer Baruchu, you say, and he can address them in particular. Baruchu Hashem Lakeinu Elokei Yisrael. Okay. The Reboy, if it's ten thousand. It's, uh, it's a large meal. Oimer, so you say, Nevarich Lashem Elokeinu Elokei Yisrael, Elokei Tzvakais, Yeshiv HaKruvim, Alamazin Shachalim. So that's the whole Nusach for 10,000. The Rebbe again, if it's 10,000 without him, then he can say all of that with the introduction word of Baruchu, speaking them that they should bench. Okay. And Kinyan Shum Mavarich, and says Rabbi whatever number you're up to, and whatever Nusach the, the Mazamin is saying to them, that's what they would respond. So, for example, if it's 10,000, they would respond, That would be the response. So those are the two opinions that we have in the Mishnah without the Mishnah telling us their names. But now the Mishnah fills in, fills in these details. Rabbi Yisraeli says, in other words, this is the last opinion we just saw, that, that the, the, the Nusach changes based on the numbers. That the dependent on the number of people involved, that's going to be the nusach of what the benching is going to be, what the zimun is going to be. That's Rabbi Yisrael Shinamar. The source of this is in Pasuk and Tilam. The Makhelais Baruchu Elakim Hashem and Makar Yisrael. Again, the simple Shan Pasuk is that the Makhelais Baruch Hashem, that within an assembly, with a kihila, with a chavra, we bless Hashem. But the way Rabbi Yisrael is darshaning is that the word Makhelais doesn't just say but means with many assemblies. In other words, this is Rabbi Yisrael says it's a reference that there is an Indian where depending on the size of the kehilas, that's how you're going to bless Hashem, and that's a, and that's referring to benching. Am Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva disagrees. Rabbi Kiva says no. He was the first opinion the Mishnah quoted. No, No, look at Shul. What happens with a minion in davening? A lot of people, little people, 10 people, 10,000 people. Uh, the Nusach always stays the same. Kaddish is the same. Kedush is the same. And so the Mela says, says Rabbi Kiva, the same thing it is with benching. The Nusach is always going to be the same. Once you hit a minion, it always stays the same as Navarach Lokeinu, Shechal Mishulai. Now the mission just ends off Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Shmuel says that, by the way, Rabbi Kiva, when he, when he gave an example of something that you say in Shul that you need a minion, a Baruch Hashem, Says Rabbi Shmuel, by the way, you forgot a word, Baruch Hashem HaMavayach. Okay, that's, that's Rabbi Shmuel's uh, addition, Baruch Hashem HaMavayach. Okay, so uh, I guess for, for Kovins, just to explain a little bit, uh, just Machshav, what's going on over here. I mean, Rabbi Kiva's making a point. Rabbi Kiva's saying, listen, look, look at, look at Baidavni, right? Baidavni, once you get to a minion, it's all the same. There's no change. 100 people, 10,000 people, it's all the same once you get to a minion. And Rabbi Yisrael agrees, agrees with that. That's not, that's not the, the machlaikis. Machlaikis is, what about bench? So, you see, it's an interesting thing that both, both that Rabbi Kiva 
and Rav Yisraeli are recognizing that there's a relationship here. There's some sort of relationship here between davening and benching. The question is, how, how similar are they, right? So Rabbi Kiva says, no, no, they're very similar. By, by davening, the numbers, you know, the nusach stays the same once you hit a minion. Same thing with benching. And Rabbi says, no, I mean, I agree with Rabbi Kiva's premise that there's something to talk about between benching and, 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 and davening, but, but, I, but, but there's a difference. The, the nusach does change when it comes to benching. What's the, what's the issue? The truth is, it's interesting. We find this, this connection between davening Davening and eating, davening and eating and benching. But the truth is by Rosh Hashanah also, right? Rosh Hashanah is a day, it's tefillah, right? That's how, you know, on Rosh Hashanah, we're building, we're, we're, we're not just like commemorating the new year. We're establishing within ourselves a new year. We're establishing, we're building our, our, ourselves for this coming year. And what we're doing on Rosh Hashanah primarily is building ourselves in terms of our davening. That's what we're doing. Like, like, for example, like Pesach is also a beginning, right? It's also beginning of the year in a certain sense. But over there, the focal point is like sort of building our identity in terms of Torah learning, right? So Pesach night, we talk about Yitzhi Yisrael, but Torah leading to Shavuos, Kabosa Torah. So it's sort of like we have these two uh, personas, two identities, two, two uh, definitions as, as Yidin. We're learners and we're davers. So Pesach is sort of our development as learners, like that, that Pesach Kulshvus. But Rosh Hashanah, Yom Neroyim, through Simchas Torah, is really developing who we are as daveners. That's the real Avoidah when it comes to uh, this time of year. And so obviously the, the focus is davening. That's long Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, it's all davening. What's interesting is, is that it's not just davening, we also daven during the meals, right? What do we eat uh, Rosh Hashanah night? So the minute gets to have Simon, right? You have a little apple and honey, a little, uh, you know, with a pomegranate seeds, whatever it is. Why? Say he rots. So just that, I don't understand. You're davening. I mean, I'm sure. So, so make it part of davening that uh, part of the nusach of davening is that we should daven. We should be like a head, not like a tail. Daven, we should have a sweet new year. No, no. We have to eat. And part of the suda is going to be daven. It's, it's an interesting thing. We see such a thing that, that, that fila and, and eating are bound to each other. I give another example. Um, by a lot of tzaddikim, we find this that you know Minchan Shabbos, for example, is like that's the highlight. The whole week, the whole week leads up to Minchan Shabbos. So it's Shal Shuddas time. By a lot of tzaddikim, you'll find this is that the Mincha on Shabbos is pretty quick. They don't daven bariches. It's not bariches. What there will be marichin is Shal Shuddas. And so, what's pshat? Pshat is because the meal that comes right after davening, Shal Shudas right after Mincha, is not considered something else. That's, that's tefillah, it's a hemshech tefillah, it's one inyan. So, so the tzaddikim have decided, why don't tzaddikim decide, okay, so we'll be makatsu in Shemineserei, I'll be marach in the Suda, because it's one inyan anyway. On a deeper level, the explanation is as follows, what's, what's going on by davening? What's the essence of davening? What are we building within ourselves on Rosh Hashanah Kippur? So the Gemara says davening is basically chayisha. It's talking about things of this world, right? That's what that thing's about. All the list of things that we talk about, it's things of this world. But the end of davening is that I'm thinking and I'm like sort of standing, you know, in a place that's things of this world and Rafainu and Parnas and, you know, Bani Chaim whatever, the many, 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 many things of this world that we depend on that we need. And tefillah means that it's all one, right? Tefillah means to 
take the many, right? To take the many and return it back to the one God. That's what davening is. That's the essence of what davening is. Every single tefillah, every single bracha is that this is a prat, this is an individual piece of my life, but it's really one. It's really come, it all starts with the one God and it leads back to the one God. That's what davening is. Tefillah and eating is the same idea because eating is also very much involved it, it, eating is, is a metaphor more than anything else. It's a metaphor for Mamash being involved in the world. And eating and benching properly means that you're, that you're engaging in things of this world and returning it back to its source, reminding yourself of where, of where it all comes from. Thus is tefillah. It's, it's the same thing as tefillah. In tefillah, what you're doing is mentally engaging in things of this world and returning it back to God. And in eating, you're actually doing that. Like you're actually engaging in things of this world and then by benching, you're returning it back to God. So it's literally the same thing, just on a more tangible level. That's really what, what eating is. So whatever person is davening, the, 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 the eating of the day is sort of a, a just an expansion of the territory of davening, just continuing to daven as you eat. So there's a parallel between these two, these two places of davening and eating. Now, Therefore, Abikiva says, no, whatever halach is that governs us by davening, that's going to dictate us by eating as well. So once you get to a minion, and God's, and that one God is now in your, in your midst. So one is one. One is one. So it's 10 million, 10 billion, 10 trillion. One is one. And Rabbi Yisigli says, Rabbi Kiva, you're a big tzaddik, and I'm asking to you. But uh, people, people don't, can't live such a way. People can't live in such a way. Maybe by davening, you could let you could attach yourself to such a level of, of amuna and bitachin of oneness that despite the fact that you're davening with 10 million people, all there is is one anyway. That's by davening. But when you're talking about eating, of course, eating is also that inion of trying to take the many of this world and bring it back to one God. But you know, but a person can mamish be davening when you're eating mamish and such a madrega that that despite the numbers, all you still feel is that oneness. And says Rabbi Kiva, Yidin can do that too. Yidin can do that too. Don't underestimate the power of Yidin. Don't underestimate the power of Yidin. Even when a Yid is mamish involved in inyon and gashmim, in physical things, in a tangible way, that viscerally, what you're experiencing is so many things, the kaych of Neshama of Yid is able to say, with all of that, all there is is mamish one. That it's completely irrelevant, whether it's 10 or 10 million. It's mamish, mamish one. And we pass them like Rabbi Kiva. You know, the fact that we pass them like Rabbi Kiva means not just like that's an ideal. It means that a Yid is able to, to live like that, you know, to aspire to such a thing. That no matter what you're experiencing, you know, in the mind, you could, you know, conceptually to think about how everything of this world is, is connected to Hashem and ultimately comes from one, that's, okay, Jew can do that. But to actually be involved in the many, and at the same time, feel that level of, of serenity and bitachin and amuna that it's mamish still one, even though I'm mamish touching the many, like by benching, like by eating. Rabbi Kiva says, you can do that too. You can do that too. And benching is the same halacha as davening. Once you get to one, once you get to a minion and the Rabbani Shalom is there, Hashem is echad. And that echad is the same echad as it's 10 to 10 million. It's mamish all the same. That's the, that's the secret of benching. Okay, so let's, let's, uh, what time are we holding over here? Okay, Mamash, two more minutes if it's okay. Let's just try to finish up the parak and then Bezashim next time we'll be able to uh, cover more. So again, Mishnah Dalit, just very quickly, it's pretty simple. 
says the Mishnah, once you have three people that ate together, and now they're able to make a zimun, then they can't separate, right? Because if they were to separate, then, then, then there's no zimun anymore. The chain arba, same thing with four, right? Because if they separate, then there's no zimun. The chain chamisha, same thing with five. But shisha, but if you have six people, then they can theoretically divide up because by dividing up three and three, no, there's no loss. You still get a zimun. Arasar, right? But that's true until 10. Because once you get 10 people, then even if they were to divide up in different zimuns, but they are losing the ability to say a lakena, right? So that's why you're not going to be able to divide up once you get to 10. But sorry, in 10, you're not going to be able to divide up. Actually, until you get to 20, right? Because in 20, you can divide up into two tens and there's no loss. Okay, next mission. Let's say you have two groups that are eating, they're not eating at the same table, they're eating in one house. So the question is, can they be connected together to be counted as one zimun? Let's say it's five and five to say Lakenu or something like that. So says the mission like this. This is the parameters. If they can see each other, even if they're not, you know, technically eating together the same meal or whatever, if they're seeing each other, then Harelim would start from the Zimun and they could, they could be considered to be connected for a Zimun. But if they're in the same house, but they can't have a visual, they can't see each other, then they have to separate, they have to make their own Zimuns individually. Um, by the way, that's also true with, with, with a minion, right? That if let's say you have people that, uh, you know, whatever, you know, eight people in one room, two people in another room, whatever it is, and you want to know if they're connected for a minion, it has to do with uh, whether they can see each other. If they can see each other, then they're connected. If they can't see each other, then they're not going to be able to come together for a minion. Aim of and now the mission just sends off. Aim of and Alayayin, when it comes to, let's say, bent, you know, you bench with a cup of wine, let's say. So if you have uh, enough people for that. Um, so the law is, Aim of and Alayayin, this is true for old wine, but it's Mishnah's talking about specifically with, with the Zimun, but you're not supposed to make a bar pergafen on wine until you mix some water in it. That's the words of Rabbi Yezer. The Chum Rebbe say no, even if it's no water mixed in, you can still make a gafen. The issue is because in those days, the wine was extremely, extremely strong, and it, it was not normal to drink it unless you diluted it with water. So that's why your Lez was saying that it's not, you know, it's 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 almost undrinkable without water. And even then, the Chum say you could still make Agafen, even though you should dilute it. Nowadays, the wine that we have obviously is already mixed with water and it's drinkable. Although you find by some chasidim or whatever, they have some Sfarim too, that there's like a minute to like pour some water um, before before they make Kiddush or Abdullah or whatever. That's more Alpi Kabbalah to uh, soften the dinim that are associated with wine with the chesed that's associated with water. Halacha, not so, not so important, but it's more uh, obvious side. Okay, Yashukach, everybody. Have an amazing day. And all the dinam uh, should be softened with all the waters of the world. That's why, by the way, you know, they say from Brad Ditchever that when he made a cup of coffee, the minute that he did was usually people make a cup of coffee and then they pour milk in, right? So Brad Ditchever, his minute was, he would first pour milk and then he would put the coffee. He said, because coffee is bitter and that represents me to din, And the milk is sweet and that's chesed. So the Bradishra said, I don't want really this should be din and chesed comes to soften it. I want it to be primarily chesed. And the din comes to sort of uh, give it a depth of flavor. So first is milk, and then I'll put the, the coffee in, you know? That's not just the nice of Bradishra. It means that you make a cup of coffee and yanam going. All right, I wish you have a great day.